Well, this is a surprise. I wasn't expecting to be here today. Well, not up here. But when uh, Mike phoned me uh, during the week and said, hey, I've got a crook foot, um, he didn't actually use that term, but he asked if I'd uh, speak this morning and I said, well, I'd, I'd be very honoured to. I said, would you like me to continue in, you know, sort of plug into your series that you're doing at the moment on Habakkuk, the book in the Bible, in the Old Testament, Habakkuk, or would you like me to talk more on the Anzac theme? And he suggested that I take the Anzac theme, which I'm pleased about because I can't even pronounce Habakkuk. (laughs) So so here we are. Tomorrow is Anzac Day. And uh, I particularly, uh, and the rest of my family, uh, honour this day because my father served in the Second World War. He wasn't an Anzac, there were none of them left. But uh, he uh, he certainly served in the... um, the Second World War, not as a uh, fighting uh, person, but uh, because he was too old to enlist, actually. He was three years too old, my father. And um, so he signed up as a representative or welfare officer with the YMCA and uh, had a very interesting uh, time in the seven years that he was in that particular role. Uh, some years ago... Uh, there was uh, Channel 7 had a, a put together a show which used clippings, actual video clipping or film clips uh, of uh, some of the fighting, some of the troops, Australian troops working in, uh, in the Second World War particularly. They called it Anzac, <coughs> but um, they, uh, it wasn't based on the First World War but on the Second World War and they showed different clippings, <coughs> video clips. And someone phoned me up one day and said, ''Hey, did you see your dad?'' last night. <laughs> He'd been dead some time. And I said, well, no, not exactly. He said, well, he's on TV. And uh, apparently they had this clipping. Well, ever, ever since then, that was in the 70s, ever since then, uh, whenever I've seen footage of uh, Australian troops, I've looked to see my dad. And I found him two weeks ago. <laughs> I, uh, it was very interesting. I, I uh, googled, well, I didn't Google, I went into the uh, Australian War Memorial website and I googled my father's and I put my, name, my father's name in there, searched, and up came this clipping of the fall of Sattelberg and uh, Dad was there doing his thing, handing out PK and gum and cigarettes, they did in those days, and... Um, coffee and tea and all that sort of stuff and a few interesting stories around my dad's um, life in the, in the YMCA. Um, so I found that was rather, rather special for me and I sent it around to all my kids and the, and the grandchildren and my grand, little granddaughter who's only seven did a big project thing and presented it at school uh, and then my son sent me a, a little uh, text message with a recording of her standing and reading this thing uh, at school assembly just the other day. So that was rather special. But all that, with all that's going on in the world today, the political unrest and the social unrest, see, even in our own country, uh, it's good to remember what we have. And we've just spent a few moments, just a few brief moments, reflecting on, um, on what Anzac Day means to us as Australians. There are things still wrong in our society. There are 
problems with the government, there are problems with the system. However, as we look around the world and we look at other countries, and those of us who are fortunate enough to be able to travel to other countries and experience the, the situation that they, they have and, sh- and they live under, the situation under which they live, uh, uh, we, we find that there are places where it's illegal to have religious belief, to have a faith or to change from one to another. We see places where speaking out is grounds for offence, where a citizen is not allowed to vote, where standing up against those in authority is grounds for execution. Say, Australia is such a great country in which to live. And it's on days like Anzac Day that we take time to remember why. I'd like to share with you a story from the Old Testament, uh, actually a battle recorded in the Old Testament, from a war between the Israelites and the Philistines. I don't know if it's callous or insensitive to talk about a battle on Anzac weekend. Um, But uh, here, certainly there is no uh, disrespect intended, but here we see this situation as recorded in 1 Samuel chapter 7. When the Philistines heard that Israel had assembled at Mizpah, the rulers of the Philistines came up to attack them. When the Israelites heard of it, they were afraid because of the Philistines. They said to Samuel, Do not stop crying out to the Lord our God for us, that he may rescue us from the hand of the Philistines. Then Samuel took a suckling lamb and sacrificed it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Take notice, before he started crying out on behalf of the people, before he started asking for mercy, for asking for help, he worshipped God. He cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf and the Lord answered him. While Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to engage Israel in battle. But that day, the Lord thundered with loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them into such a panic that they were routed before the Israelites. The men of Israel rushed out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, slaughtering them along the way to a point below Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. He called it Ebenezer. In that reading we find the Israelites in a long drawn out war. It had been going on for ages. The people were growing tired and losing heart. But the nation had a godly leader in Samuel. He was not the king, but he's what they called a judge, a leader appointed by God to help the people remain faithful to the Lord. Samuel called on the people to revive their affections. They'd been losing heart, losing faith, losing trust in God. And he was calling them to remain faithful to the Lord, to get rid of their backup plans. They had all these idols that they held just in case. It's like saying, well, I'm a Christian, I'm trusting God, but hey, where's the horoscope? I want to check out what might happen. It's a backup plan. Backup plan, plan B. 
We don't need plan B. Plan A is all we need when we're trusting God. But Samuel told him to get rid of all those plan Bs. He also instructed him to come back to God, to repent, to admit fault and blame. And the people, led by Samuel, gathered at a place called Mizpah, <coughs> where they sacrificed to the Lord as a symbol of restoring their faith in him. Meanwhile, the Philistines uh, had heard that the people were gathering at Mizpah and they thought that they'd make this sneak attack and it would be a great idea. But God had other plans. God had other plans. The Lord fought for his people and threw the enemy into confusion. And the Israelite army thoroughly routed the enemy Philistines that day. And Samuel wanted the people to remember the day the day that God fought for his people. So he took a stone, a single stone. Well, the Bible says a stone. It had to be a mighty rock because it's sort of a permanent thing. So it was obviously this great big stone, big rock, and set it up where the army had won the battle. And he called this rock Ebenezer. Ebenezer means stone of help. It was meant to help people remember what God had done for them. And Samuel himself said, thus far the Lord has helped us. Or if you want to read the King James Version, I choose not to because I can't understand it, says, hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Hitherto, up until now, All along, until this moment, God has helped us. Now, the word Ebenezer has come to mean something different in our colloquial language because it's uh, one of those words we don't use today particularly. Uh, I'm not talking about the little village out on the Hawkesbury River past Windsor called Ebenezer. We usually attach this word to uh, the Dickens character, that Scrooge, Ebenezer, who said bah humbug about Christmas and all the joy uh, that that brings. But he was someone who was miserly and cheap and so we often say that someone is a Scrooge if they're miserly. My wife is often like that when I go to Bunnings. (laughs) But someone, before... Before Charles Dickens, somebody else used the word Ebenezer in a writing. It was a guy called Robert Robinson and he wrote a song which we know by its first line, at least those of us who are over 50 know it uh, by its first line. Come, O fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing your grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. It's an old-fashioned hymn that we don't sing today. The second verse says this, Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I'm come, and I hope by your good pleasure safely to arrive at home. The word hither really means so far, up until now. So the songwriter and Samuel both looked back at what had been, what God had done in their lives. 
They got to the place where they, where they were, not by themselves, but by God's grace, because the Lord had brought them thus far, hitherto. And I remember when we moved to Melbourne, some friends of ours, good friends of ours, brought their family down, and as two families, we went off to explore uh, uh, Wilson's Promontory, the national park there. And uh, we decided we'd climb Mount Oberon. And if you've been to Mount Oberon, you'll know what I'm talking about because it's a distance of 6.8 kilometres. And that's okay, you can walk 6.8 kilometres around Tugra Lake and it's quite comfortable. But when you're climbing Mount Oberon, that's a different story. They say um, it'll take you two hours. To us it seemed like 22 hours. The grade is level three, whatever that means. And they say it's suitable for most ages. Well, we're much younger than we are now and probably just as unfit as we are now, but we found it hard going. And particularly Leone, our Faye's girlfriend, the wife of the other couple that were with us, she uh, was finding it very difficult. And there's this winding track. Uh, it's a roadway width, but it winds all the way up this Mount Oberon. And it went round and round and round and in the end we ended up saying it's just around the corner, it's just around the next bend, just the next bend and this became a a joke by the end of the day but boy, did it wear us out. We were exhausted but once we got to the top, when we were up there at the summit and we looked out and saw the vista, it was just worth the effort, it was worth the climb. Ebenezer is a bit like Mount Oberon. We'd climbed and struggled and sweated our way, working our way up that hill for the reward of seeing the view. And when we got to the top and looked around and saw the sights, the hills, the sea, the winding road in the distance and the view of what God had created, it was wonderful. And as we looked down towards our car in the distance, we could see how far we'd climbed. We could see how far we'd climbed. Ebenezer means stopping, looking back and acknowledging what God has done. Remembering these people were asked by Samuel to remember where they had been and what had happened and how things are now. You know, if the truth were told, we'd all admit to being forgetful at times, some of us more often than others. I'm not talking about going shopping and coming back with the one I- without the one item you went to get in the first instance or, or um, forgetting to take out the garbage or even forgetting what you came <laughs> in the room to get, but really consequential things, forgetting real things that are... that are important. Psalm 103 says, Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things. Forget not his benefits. It tells us not to forget them. All the things that God has done for us. He's given us life and breath. He's given us health and strength. 
He's provided for us forgiveness and clean consciences. He's promised us eternal life and hope in the midst of death. Our lives have purpose and meaning because of what the Lord has done. And the Bible says that God works everything for the good of those who love him. And so we can give thanks in every situation. Not because what's happening to us, all the bad stuff that's happening is good, not at all, but because we can give thanks because God will work through this situation if we love him and trust him. You see, even the worst, even the worst tragedies don't have to go to waste because we serve such a, a powerful and loving God who can bring something beautiful out of every situation that we face. Ah, but we forget so easily, don't we? We lose sight. We lose hope. We even lose faith. We go about in our daily existences forgetting all the wonderful things God has done, forgetting all the great stuff that's ahead, in fact. No wonder that over and over in the Bible someone builds an Ebenezer, an altar, if you like, from stones, from Noah to Moses, from Jacob to Elijah, for the purpose of remembering what God has done for them. One stone upon another laid carefully to withstand the elements, to serve as a reminder for generations that God has been kind to them. We all need more Ebenezers. I know some people who have erected an Ebenezer in their yard with rocks, a little, little sort of, almost an altar, not quite, it's an Ebenezer, the difference. We need more Ebenezers because life gets rough sometimes and we forget where we've come from. We need things like fridge magnets with Bible verses to remind us when we get our orange juice or whatever else we get out that the Lord is our shepherd. It's a reminder. We need bookmarks in our favourite reading materials to remind us that God will never leave us or forsake us. We need the company of other people who love the Lord, to remind us that we are not alone in our journey. This explains why we have so many things like family photos around the place or at the cemetery gravestones with engravings about that person's life so we can go and look at them and remember. It's why we have little lights that flash on and off in the car, fasten safety belts, fasten your seat belts, to help us remember. They're all Ebenezers. And Samuel's Ebenezer served the same purpose. And years later, people would look at that stone and, and be reminded of God's love for them, of his commitment to them, and they'd be thankful. Thank you, Lord, for watching over us. Thank you, Lord, for your help and your care. Thank you, Lord, that you did not abandon us to our enemies. And that's why we have the cross. We've covered it up here because we need to, we need the screen. But there's a cross there. We don't put a cross on a church building to make a magical place. When we see the cross, it reminds us. It's an Ebenezer. 
when we wear a cross around our neck, it's not because it's a pretty piece of jewellery, it's a reminder. Werner May Thomas wrote a little piece called A Cross in My Pocket. It's quaint. I carry a cross in my pocket, a simple reminder to me of the fact that I'm a Christian, no matter where I may be. This little cross is not magic, nor is it a good luck charm. It isn't meant to protect me from every physical harm. It's not for identification, for all the world to see, it's simply an understanding between my saviour and me. When I put my hand in my pocket to bring out a coin or a key, the cross is there to remind me of the price he paid for me. It reminds me too to be thankful for my blessings day by day and to strive to serve him better in all that I do and say. It's also a daily reminder of the peace and comfort I share with all who know my master and give themselves to his care. So I carry a cross in my pocket, reminding no one but me that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life, if only I'll let him be. In the same way, Anzac Day is an Ebenezer. It's a reminder. After all, what did we say a while ago? Lest we forget. Remind me, remind me of the sacrifice our troops have paid, lest we forget. See, we never want to forget what someone has done for us. It's easy enough, I think. Unless the hurt is still fresh from uh, a, a bereavement or unless we're into genealogy, we rarely remember during the rest of the year the events that we celebrate, and I mean that in the kindest of sense, celebrate. I mean, in January, do you remember Gallipoli? In July, do you remember Villas Bretonneau or the Battles of the Somme in August? No. It's possible, possible that we, we do celebrate the end of the war on the 11th of November, but do, remember, do we remember all the various battles at other times of the year? No. That's why we need Anzac Day, to remember what our troops fought for so many years ago. And our troops are still fighting, in fact, still serving as peacemakers around the world, trying to help people survive totalitarian regimes and unjust rulers. And Anzac Day reminds us that even today, Australians lose their lives to fight for the freedom and well-being of others. And tomorrow, at cenotaphs all around Australia, all across Australia, stone obelisks with names etched in them. People will meet at these places, these cenotaphs. Names engraved, the list of Aussies who have given their lives for their country and for others even the, to the point of making the ultimate sacrifice. But that list continues to grow, unfortunately. There are no winners in war. No winners in war. But it is good to remember, lest we forget. Lest we forget the sacrifices made by those we did not know. 
for those they did not know. Lest we forget how young men and women laid down their lives for the lives of others. Lest we forget those who made careers of serving in the Australian Defence Forces, giving many years for the sake of peace and safety. Lest we forget those who came and went on this earth with no family, no one to write their names in a family tree, no one to preserve their legacy for years to come. Lest we forget. And tomorrow, as we remember, on a public holiday where we could be at the beach, and we can still remember at the beach, nothing wrong with going to the beach, or even shopping, doesn't matter what you're doing, as long as we remember. Tomorrow, as we remember, as we celebrate our Ebenezer, our reminder of the benefits that we now share, let us also remember the cross, another Ebenezer, a reminder that we have received the greatest benefit, life itself, new life from our God. To conclude, I'd like to just read all of the lyrics of that old hymn because I think now that I've given you the explanation you might understand a little more the sentiment behind the lyrics. Come, O fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing your grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet. That's a song for those who don't know. Sonnet is a song. Teach me some melodious sonnet one <clears throat> sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it. Mount of your redeeming love. Here I raise my Ebenezer. Here by your great help I've come. And I hope by your good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the throne of God. He, to rescue me from danger, interposed his precious blood. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor. Daily I'm constrained to be. Let that grace, now like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh take and seal it, seal it for your courts above. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for the reminder that the cross is to us of your great love for us, for all the benefits that we've enjoyed, that we can enjoy because of what you have done for us. Help us to remember the way you've led us. Help us to remember what uh, it meant for you to give your son to die in our place. Help us to remember, along with uh, our soldiers tomorrow, the great love you have for us. Greater love has no one than this than a person lay down their life for their friends. Thank you, Jesus, for being that friend who laid down his life for us. Give us the strength, 
the encouragement, the ability to lay down our lives for you as we live for you each day. Amen.